Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This podcast is brought to you by Telegraph Local. Telegraphlocal.com, the web's only real opinion-free breaking news platform. At Telegraph Local, our team reports and delivers real facts for real reporting. In this day and age, facts are extremely important. Facts matter. Real news matters. The only real place to find these facts is on telegraphlocal.com. So if you, like many, many, many others, are tired of the same misconstrued reality of the world and of the current aggressive political landscape, come on over to telegraphlocal.com. We'd love to have you. Read, comment, share. Telegraph Local, your opinion-free news headquarters. When we Sunday afternoon. Welcome to Telegraph Locals podcast and to our true crime reporting. This episode is going to be on the Golden State Killer part one. There is a part two to this. This is kind of a lengthy story. It's also a serious story, a disgusting story, a story of a man who was able to terrorize the western part of the country for nearly 20 years with the reign of terror from 1970 into the 80s before he was finally caught. We're going to get into all that in a few minutes. Please remember that you can read this story and more on telegraphlocal.com by clicking long form, or just click the link we provided in the podcast description of this show. But let's get started because this is a lengthy one. So welcome to True Crime, The Golden State Killer, Part 1. Justice has finally been served to Joseph James D'Angelo, more formally known by the moniker given to him by the late sleuth Michelle McNamara, the Golden State Killer. The story of D'Angelo's 1970 to 1980s reign in terror rises again in the wake of the HBO release of a commentary based on McNamara's posthumous book, I'll Be Gone in the Dark. The Rolling Stone reported on the docuseries that is set to premiere on June 28th. Paul Haynes stated via Twitter that the docuseries will be a six-installment saga based on that Michelle McNamara's work. The FBI states that Joseph James D'Angelo has since been convicted for 12 murders, at least 50 rape victims, and over 120 residential burglaries. Former FBI investigators who worked the case at the time of his killing spree stated that D'Angelo was a textbook serial killer textbook due to the fact that he could completely compartmentalize his life and keep his serial killer career in boxes. He was a former Vietnam Navy seaman and exeter of the California police officer. D'Angelo's criminal behavior was strange. D'Angelo's criminal behavior was calculated. 
It was sadistic and knew no distinction between the single and married victims. He famously chased down and murdered the married couple Brian and Katie Maggiore. If a victim was single, he would climb into her house wearing a ski mask. His first victim reported her assault on, on occurring on June 18, 1976. Audio retrieved from FBI archives gives the official statement of the victim from the case documented on June 18, 1976. Her name is not given on the FBI's record. She stated that she believed he was her father in her house at first because her father worked odd hours and would sometimes come in late. She stated that D'Angelo was wearing a ski mask at the time of the attack, that he jumped onto her bed with a knife. She cannot remember what the exact verbiage of his words were, but he said something to the effect of don't scream. She says then that he tied her hands. He also placed a cut over her eye with a knife. Although she did not realize she had been cut at the time, he then proceeded with the sexual assault. This woman states that she had laid in her bed for what felt like forever after her attack because she never heard the door close after he was believed to be gone. Finally, she risked venturing into her home to see if he was gone in or act as she has described in the audio. She stated that she does not hold anything against her attacker because there is clearly something wrong with him to compel him to commit acts such as this continually. However, she did hope at the time of her statement that he was still alive because death for him would have been the easy way out. Another woman stated that she actually physically fought D'Angelo when he came into her room. He started beating her. She pretended to be knocked out after a while, so he would stop beating her. He tied her to the bed. She was laying on her stomach. He then told her words to the effect of, if you move, I will kill you. This woman stated that D'Angelo raped her five times over the course of that night. She recalled thinking as she would wait for him to rummage through her house between the rapes that, if he were ever caught, law enforcement, law enforcement should be allowed should allow his victims to do whatever they wanted to to him. She said in years to come that she would grow to where she no longer wished to hurt him in return, but that she does not sleep in peace anymore. After the fifth rape, the woman said she heard a car leave her residence. She then counted to 60 at least 30 times. Once 30 minutes had passed, she must have the courage to check the premises and see if he was truly gone. It is important to note that while D'Angelo was convicted of 50 rapes, as in the case of this victim, he may have raped the same victims multiple times. It is possible he was not convicted for the total number of rapes that he actually committed. It was not clearly stated on the record if he received counts for actual number of assaults or the number of rape victims. D'Angelo's criminal boldness escalated rapidly. His first assault was in 1976. By 1977, he was calling the homes of his recent victims. The FBI had archived a call made by what is suspected to be D'Angelo. On the tape, one can hear the suspect breathe heavily three times. Then he whispers, going to kill you, at least three times before the audio cuts off. This audio has been archived to YouTube by the FBI. In all actions, the duration of the time his crimes went unsolved means that D'Angelo could be responsible for murders, rapes, or burglaries that went undocumented. Throughout the entirety of the 70s and 80s, 
D'Angelo terrorized key areas of the Sacramento County and surrounding regions. The FBI archives stated he specifically plagued Sacramento, San Joaquin, and Yolo. Investigators who worked on the force during D'Angelo's criminal reign stated that locals were completely terrified. Locks were purchased in abundance as locals were frequently changing their locks to avoid break-ins. Some were sleeping with firearms on their person. D'Angelo's murders were less frequent than his acts of sexual assault. USA Today reported in 2018 that he committed at least 12. USA Today shared their names. Sherry Domingo and her boyfriend, Gregory Sanchez. Claude Schnelling, a college Sequoia's journalism professor that was trying to protect his daughter when he was shot twice. Then there was Janelle Lisa Cruz, the 18-year-old restaurant cashier. The Inland Valley Daily Bulletin reported at the time of her death that the young lady had been alone in her parents' Irvine, California home while they were on vacation. Her boyfriend had been visiting and had only left the house when the Night Stalker came for her. That was the night of May 4, 1986. It lives in infamy as the night that the doe-eyed dark beauty was raped and slaughtered by Joseph James D'Angelo. USA Today reports that blood, hair, and semen samples were taken from the scene of her death. They were compared to the samples from the murder investigation of Patty and Keith Harrington and Manuel Witten. Some described the nature of Cruz's murders as out of the ordinary for D'Angelo's killing. She was bludgeoned to death. The brutality of Cruz's attack had Reddit wondering if D'Angelo had personally encountered her and knew her prior to targeting her. Cruz's killing shares one thing in common with the others. A good number of those that D'Angelo butchered were his young victims. Cruz's murder also stands out for one key reason. She was his last known victim, citing his sister Michelle via the official Twitter account dedicated to the memory of Janelle Cruz. Bryant and Katie Maggiore. He was a 21-year-old administrative specialist and then Mather Air Force Base east of Sacramento. She was his 21-year-old beautiful wife. The Golden State Killer came for them, and they attempted to flee. Because they could not identify them, he shot them down in cold blood in the backyard of a home as they fled. USA Today cited the Washington Post in this account. The couple died from their wounds at a Sacramento area hospital. Young love cut short, a work of Shakespeare's art unto the end. The end came on February 2nd, 1958. 1978. DNA was obtained during the investigation of their killing. It linked their slaughter to other crimes committed in the Bay Area around the general time as Maggiore's death. He was a lawyer. She was an interior decorator. They were in their home in Ventura on March 13, 1980, when the Golden State Killer came for them. They were bound. Charlene was bound up with a drapery cord fastened in an ornate knot, citing USA Today. She was raped. Then the couple was bludgeoned to death with a fireplace log. Lyman Smith had a 12-year-old son from a previous marriage. That son found his father and stepmother dead three days later. The Ventura County District Attorney, Greg Totten, stated later that DNA was collected from the scene of the double murder. It was later used in the process taken to identify D'Angelo. Claude Snelling, there was something quite fateful about the day of September 11th. 
Long before planes brought down the towers from their throne in the sky on the morning of September 11, 2001, Claude Snelly's life ended on that calendar day. It was September 11, 1975, at roughly 2 a.m., and a 16-year-old daughter had just been taken by D'Angelo to die. Snelly will forever be remembered as a hero among fathers. The College of Sequoia's journalism professor confronted D'Angelo at the back door of his residence in California. The Fasalia ransacker had just abducted his daughter, Elizabeth Hopp, and was about to take her away to the torturous death by rape and beating. Snelling was shot in the wee hours of that morning by someone who is believed to have been D'Angelo, citing USA Today. He hit and kicked Miss Hupp and fled the scene. However, D'Angelo's DNA was not connected to the Snelling case, and so police have officially left Snelling off the 12-person death count. The fact that he died saving my life means the world to me. My mom always said it wouldn't have mattered if there were 20 guys outside with guns. He would have saved me, says Hupp, as quoted by USA Today. Yet another victim, Manuela Whithon, of which we will talk about as soon as we come back from this brief commercial break. When we call the sea, the here to play. If you don't come play with us, then we will kill you. I will kill you. This podcast is brought to you by Telegraph Local. TelegraphLocal.com, the web's only real opinion-free breaking news platform. At Telegraph Local, our team reports and delivers real facts for real reporting. In this day and age, facts are extremely important. Facts matter. Real news matters. The only real place to find these facts is on TelegraphLocal.com. So if you, like many, many, many others, are tired of the same misconstrued reality of the world and of the current aggressive political landscape, come on over to telegraphlocal.com. We'd love to have you. Read, comment, share. Telegraph Local, your opinion-free news headquarters. When we Most people who've investigated the Golden State Killer 
come to one simple agreement that he got away with a lot more. That his numbers could be somewhere upwards of the 20s or 30s as far as murders and hundreds and hundreds of rapes and thousands of burglaries. But let's get into Manuel Witten so we can kind of move forward with the story. Manuel Witten is remembered now as a 28-year-old wife of David Witten. At the time of her murder on February 5, 1981, her husband was sick and in the hospital. The belief now is that D'Angelo was surprised to find her by herself in the residence she had shared with her husband. She was reported by the Inland Valley Daily Bulletin. David Witten outlived his wife all the way to 2008. He was a suspect in her murder for time. Dr. Robert Offerman and Deborah Alexandria Manning. By the way of D'Angelo's killings, these two were a bit older. He did not seem to be preferential or discriminate against older victims, but many of his victims were younger than 30. Dr. Offerman was 44. Deborah Manning was 35. He was an orthopedic surgeon. She was a psychologist. The two shared a condominium in the Goleta area. There had been another attempted killing in the Goleta area in October of 1979. That couple managed to escape with their lives. Dr. Offerman and Deborah Manning were killed on December 30th, 1979, on the cusp of New Year and the 80s, which they never hoped to see. Their death was the first of two double murders that would be successfully executed in that area. Both Offerman and Manning are buried in the Santa Barbara Cemetery. Keith and Patty Harrington. They were young, in love, in a gated suburban community that would have to all intents and purposes, appeared totally safe. Keith Eli Harrington was 24. Patty Briscoe Harrington was 27. They were newlyweds, not yet 30. They had only just begun their lives together. He was a fourth-year medical student at the University of California, Irvine. She was a pediatric nurse. They met in the university's medical center. They'd been married just a few months. They were living in a home in a gated community in Laguna Niguel, California, that belonged to Keith's father, Richard, a perfect place to build a nest. They were no turtle doves, but swans, and their last swan song was soon to be placed to build a nest. How were they to know it could even happen? Nevertheless, the Golden State Killer came for them, just as he did, just as he did all the others that would follow. On August 21st, 1975, they were found bludgeoned to death. USA Today did not say whether or not rape also occurred. The Harringtons were discovered by Keith's father two days after they were blunted to death. He was scheduled to come over for Thursday dinner. Greg Sanchez and Sherry Domingo. Sanchez and Domingo were the other two victims of the Goleta area. Sanchez was 27. Domingo was 35. On July 27, 1981, Sanchez and Domingo were together at a Goleta residence Domingo's was house-sitting. That's when the Golden State Killer came to them. D'Angelo's DNA had been linked to the murders here, citing local sheriffs as quoted by USA Today. How was he caught? Or I guess, finally, we're glad he was caught. In the end, modern DNA technology brought down Joseph James D'Angelo. The Evening Star reported on April 27, 2018, that investigators used DNA samples collected from the scenes of all the murders and rapes. Then they compared that DNA to genealogy websites. Evening Standard interviewed 
with Steve Mercer, the chief lawyer for the forensic division of the Maryland Office of the Public Defender. Mr. Mercer attested to the power genealogy sites can have in submitting DNA to public records. People who submit DNA for ancestors' testing are unwittingly becoming genetic informants on their innocent family, said Mercer as he was quoted by the Evening Standard. Joseph James D'Angelo was arrested at last from his little suburban home in Citrus Heights, Sacramento, where neighbors said he lived and seemed like a grandpa, except for his terrible temper. <clears throat> this was reported by NPR on April 26, 2018. Locals said D'Angelo would become violently angry, shouting so loud he could be heard from within the house. He would likewise, likewise shout explicit words at neighbors that offended him. The Golden State Killer's trial is ongoing. A website known as GoldenStateKillerTrial.com has been created dedicated to keeping the most avidly interested in following and staying informed. D'Angelo is currently in custody at the Sacramento County Jail awaiting the trial. Trial proceedings began immediately after D'Angelo's camps captured. Exhaustive details of the crimes and investigation of the crimes of Joseph James D'Angelo will be available in the Golden State Killer Part 2. All right, guys, this wraps up Part 1 of the Golden State Killer. We will be launching Part 2 in about a week or so, so please follow up and stay tuned. We hope the information we've given you on tonight's broadcast of True Crime, the Golden State Killer Part 1, has given you some information into uh, Joseph James D'Angelo, what he did, how horrible he was, uh, and the fact that he's finally off the street. And the only reason why he's off the street is because of modern DNA technology and, and a public database of DNA results. So I'm not sure if that will be something that lasts forever or if people will stop submitting their DNA at some point or maybe to a private uh, donor or something along those lines or, or a private company where the, their, their information cannot be public record. I'm not sure, but it's scary. And as we said in the last True Crime podcast, the FBI statistics say that there are at least 50 serial killers out right now as we speak roaming the streets, and that in your lifetime, you will walk by at least two and never know they are serial killers. Anyway, have a happy rest of your Sunday, and we'll be here tomorrow, Monday, for our regular scheduled broadcast of our daily news updates with a twist. Until then, take care. something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details